Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling, proudly brought to you by Garrard's Horse and Hound. All roads lead to Albion Park this Saturday night. We're fresh off the Tab Constellations, but we've got more Group 1 racing coming up this Saturday night. And it's all about the Cubrid action this Saturday night, dubbed as Q-Stars. All horses competing across that 10-race program are Q-Bred, meaning they're either born here in Queensland or side by a stallion that stands here in Queensland. We've got four Group 1 features. Those barrier draws, along with all fields, were released last night, and it's thrown up some really interesting racing this weekend. So we've got four Group 1 features. The two-year-olds and the three-year-olds, they're taking centre stage. Colts and Geldings plus the Phillies, and there's a lot to look forward to. One man that I'm sure is really excited about this weekend, and with good reason, is Ben Crosby. Only training a small team, but they're absolutely flying. And he's set to play a really strong role this Saturday night. And he joins us first up this morning. Ben, really appreciate the time. Morning, Chris. Great to be on your show. Hey, now tell me, Frankie Ferocious and Captain Shuffles, they're the two stable stars. Can you split these guys? Oh, Captain Shuffles is probably slightly tougher at the moment, just being the older horse. They're full brothers. Is there any similarities between the two? Yeah, not looks-wise. They look totally different, but they both seem to have a very high-speed quarter in them, which is a good advantage. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. When you look at them, just from my viewpoint there at the track, Frankie Ferocious, who's the two-year-old, he looks like he's a little thicker than what the three-year-old Captain Shuffles is. Am I right in saying that? Yes, he, he's definitely a bit rounder. He's uh, We just left him a cult. Because he's easy to deal with, and I think that just helps him hold his weight a little bit more. Okay. No surprise that they can run because they're beautifully bred. They're by Captain Treacherous out of that former star mare that you, that your dad had in more than meets the eye. So they've got, uh, uh, you know, great lineage as far as the breeding goes. Yes, no, she was a lovely mare, a little bit headstrong, but um, could pump out some quarters if you let her keep running. So both of these boys are a chip off the block then? A little bit, um, especially the younger fella, especially Frankie was a touch headstrong, but we seem to have got that under control now. Okay. Let's start with Frankie Ferocious because his group one feature is the first of the features on Saturday night. It's race two. How how relieved were you that you came up with a, a nice draw on Saturday night yesterday afternoon? Oh, we were wrapped with the barrier draw. It's just absolutely perfect for him. He's got options either way. You know, he can... It'll be up to Nathan how he drives him. Mm. He's no one-trick pony. He doesn't have to race in a certain manner to win, does he? No, it doesn't look like it. Now that his manners have come to hand, I think he could... He seems to lead well, and he's definitely got a very fast quarter if he's held up, so he'll definitely have options on him. Yeah. Speaking of fast, when he won his heat last week, uh, he, he really only got going at the top of the straight. How quick do you reckon he ran his last 200 metres last week? Oh, had to be low 12 seconds by the looks of it. Nathan was pretty excited about it. He said, oh, I only really squeezed him and he accelerated really well. 
Yeah. You, you could almost say it was only the hundred, last 150 where we really got wound up a little bit. So it, it's frightening to think uh, what sort of time that this guy can run. Oh, yes. I think as a lot of the Captain Treacherous is all over the country, they're all showing very high speed. Now, with this field, uh, main dangers here. You've got For Real Live, who's more than handy, drawn to your inside. Uh, hold on to your bling out in gate five. Have you checked in who won a heat here last week? He's drawn off the second row. It is a final that has good depth, isn't it? Oh, we've been talking about it for the last couple of weeks. They'd be the strongest two- and three-year-old Carlton Geldings we've seen for a decade, we think, as far as depth goes. As the horses, the amount of two-year-olds that can run 55 is amazing. Yeah, we've come a long way. We used to talk about breaking two minutes. Now we're talking about breaking 55. Yeah, it's exactly right. It's, it's unbelievable, the advantage, the advance in two-year-olds. Is he paid up for anything after Saturday night or is he straight to the paddock after the weekend? No, straight to the paddock. He'll have a, have a good break. He's he sort of been up and down and had a little couple of problems in between, so he, he'll really appreciate the break. Will it be a good break? Uh, fairly big, six or seven weeks, eight weeks maybe. Yep. Bringing back okay. around Christmas. Well, that. Yep. Okay. That's Frankie Ferocious. Let's move across now to to race seven, the other Group One two-year-old feature. You've got Waterline lining up here. Another exceptionally well-bred horse by betting line out of Lady White Water. She was third in the heat last week. Barrier One. Was that music to your ears yesterday? Oh yes. I, th I think we're all looking for a barrier with dual melody in there. She looks a pretty nice filly, but we're, we're really happy with Barrier 1. Is Jewel Melody beatable? Uh, at her best, I'd say no. But she's been up a very, very long time. and But if she's spot on, she's, she's pretty good. Yeah, well, she's already a triple Group 1 winner. She's aiming for a fourth here. Waterline, what did you make of that effort last week when third? Uh, she went good. Um, she's better than that. She's sort of, we've had to rush her a little bit to get to the final. But since that run, her work has just come on tremendously and she'll definitely be better for the race last week. Okay. In an ideal world, where would you like to see her running uh, on Saturday night in, once it plays out? Oh, we'll, we'll definitely be holding for as far as we can. Um, until a lot of pressure comes from Jill Melody, but we wouldn't be totally upset to lead. Do you think there's any chance that the Phillies could go quicker than the Colts? Oh, unless unless there's a war, they won't go as fast as the Colts, but um, they're nice Phillies, but there's four or five really nice Colts in there. Yeah. Yeah. Waterline, uh, what happens after Saturday night? Has she got anything coming up uh, after the triad? Oh, not particularly. She'll she'll go to for the paddock for a little break as well. Okay. How much better do you think she'll be as a three-year-old? Oh, if you go on what her mother did, she'll definitely be better as a three-year-old. She's uh, a little bit highly strung and you know, a bit of a picky eater, but she's uh, she's just sort of come together this week, so we're we're really happy. All right. And Captain Shuffles, he is the buzz horse right now. Uh, he's been awesome this campaign. Three for three. First up at Rickler, fast time. And then he was just brilliant. 
scoring in 51-6, just outside the three-year-old track record, which is 51-1. And then last week, he just seemed to jog going around at 2,138 metres. He's not quite the, the complete package just yet, but he's well on the way, isn't he? Yes, he's definitely improved a lot this last six weeks. He always had the ability from a two-year-old, but it was just a matter of thinking with a, tinkering with a few gate problems he has, but they seem to have... We fixed them there, and he's definitely getting more confident every run he has. So he hasn't surprised you in any way, shape or form this campaign with what he's done? Oh, he surprised us how quickly he's done it. He he won his two-year-old race by 40 at Redcliffe, and we knew the ability was there, but he just had a couple of little... was affecting his confidence more than anything, but he's just in the zone a bit at the moment. Mm, there's no doubt about that. No issues with 2,138 metres. He, he ran that out very convincingly last week. No, he shows all be sign at home here that he will run 2,100 very strong, but he hasn't raced a Danger Zone or a Teddy Disco yet, so that's another level. <laughs> mm. Tell me this. Uh, has there been any sort of offers put forward to, to Captain Shuffles following what he's done so far this prep? Oh, we've had a couple of couple of phone calls. Not overly serious, but uh, one serious one from America. They were a little bit keen, but he's uh, not quite for sale yet. Okay, okay. Now, with this race on Saturday night, 2,138 metres. Future assured gate one. That was the horse that you conquered last week. You've got dangers only to your outside in gate four. Teddy Disco drawn the inside of the second row. Do you think he will lead this race on Saturday night, Captain Shuffles? On exposed form, I can't see him getting crossed. Um, it'll be up to Trent, but if it goes on the form from last week, I could see him in front. Okay. So with Teddy Disco drawn the inside of the second row, there's every chance he might be three fence, but you would expect Nathan to be trying to work off as quickly as possible? He'll get him off, mate. That's why he's one of the best. <laughs> Okay, okay. You've had to go looking for a new driver for Captain Shuffle. Shane Graham's got the drive. Yes, yeah, no, we're not losing anything there, that's for sure. Yep. Was it a difficult decision or was there a few people chasing you for the drive? Oh, no, no one no one chasing. We just sat down, a few of us at home, and just worked out who we thought would suit him the most. And um, now he's having Shane Graham sitting in the grandstand, is there? Yeah, exactly right. Do you think Nathan was a little torn after last week? Oh, very torn. I wouldn't have wanted to be in these shoes. But <laughs> Teddy Disco has been very good to him and we actually, um, you know, glad he stuck with him. It shows his loyalty. Okay. Now, I've got to ask with Captain Shuffles following Saturday night with the triad, if he comes through and, and performs at the level that he's been performing at, do you make any sort of future plans with him? Oh, not at this stage, mate. There's there's plenty of races next year, but he's got to... If he can prove himself against these Group 1 horses, we'll think about it then. OK, OK. Would you be tempted, hypothetically, if, if you won on Saturday night, would you be tempted at a shot at a race like the Victoria Derby? Oh, uh, no, I don't think... He, we wouldn't push him again this season. We'd wait for races at Menangle next year if we were going to go anywhere. OK. Fair enough. Well, there's a lot to look forward to with that trio on Saturday night. You've also got Copy Rider, but 
Uh, she's been made the first emergency for the three-year-old fillies. But she's actually going really well. The three runs back sectionally, she can't be doing too much more than what she's already done. No, she she's we're really happy with the last Friday night. And Leonard was really happy with her. She she needs a few breaks, but she's going okay. All right. So how many in were Ben? Oh, we're only working five at the moment. It's a nice team then. We've been very lucky, yes. Okay, okay. And uh, with some of those star mares that we mentioned, more than meets the eye, Lady White Water, uh, are they in fold? Are they due to fold in the coming months? Uh, a couple of them are due to fold. We've got a few weanlings we just weaned this week. And uh, they'll book them into a few stallions this year. No, they're, they're still down there. Okay, I'm tipping it's all high-quality stuff. Most of them, um, a bit of yeah. bit of variety, bit of both, but we uh, might have to go to Captain Treacherous this year, I think. Okay, okay. And just on the Q-bread scheme, it's the, the big Q-bread race night here on Saturday night. Makes a heck of a difference, doesn't it? Oh, it's something to aim at, mate. If we didn't have it, you'd, there wouldn't be a lot left. So, no, it's the best race night of the year up here, yeah, in my absolutely. opinion. Well, yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair as well. Uh, really looking forward to Saturday night. Really appreciate the time this morning. Uh, three excellent chances. Fingers crossed, copywriter might even gain a start between now and Saturday night. But uh, job well done qualifying all those horses for those Group 1 finals. Appreciate it, Chris. Thank you very much. There's uh, Ben Crosby joining us. So uh, Frankie Ferocious lining up in the two-year-old Colts and Geldings. Copywriter, the emergency for the three-year-old Phillies. Waterline lines up in the two-year-old Phillies. And Captain Shuffles goes around in that uh, Group 1 three-year-old Colts and Geldings final there on Saturday night. So a big night for Ben Crosby. And uh, we wish him all the very best of luck. Jason Carkeet is also going to be represented here on Saturday night because his little filly, uh, Lady Digby, has made her way into that two-year-old Phillies feature. But unfortunately, yesterday afternoon, she got slammed with gate number seven. But Jason's been kind enough to join us this morning. Jason, really appreciate the time. Uh, thanks, Chris. Uh, not the news you wanted yesterday afternoon, that draw. No, no, I see. Yeah, she drew out. She came out first and then fingers crossed and then got seven. So, yeah, a little bit gutted. Yeah. But she keeps improving. She's been a, a giant improver over the last couple of months now. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I couldn't be happier with her. You know, we've always known she was something a little bit special. You know, we, we've got a lot to gauge on here. We've got a lot of the young horses that we can guide her off. And um, we always thought she had something to offer. Um, but, she, you know, she just goes to the races and stands up every week. Mm. She was so good last week. Uh, she got that perfect trial behind Gillaby Typhoon, but she put them away so comfortably at the line. She, she, she was really impressive last week. Yeah, yeah, and, and she certainly trained on well. You know, we um, we trained her yesterday um, with another filly we've got here, Sky Blue, and, um, you know, they, they went to the line, you know, neck and neck, and, yeah, it was, was super work. Everything couldn't fault it, honestly, couldn't fault it. Okay, so you've been able to digest this barrier drawer overnight. Yes. Initial sort of plans, how, how do you attack this race on the weekend? Well, you know the saying in harness racing, the only thing that um, goes back and wins is a tug-of-war team. But unfortunately, with the rest of them drawing where they did, I don't think I'm going to be able to go forward from there. So you just leave it to, to Leonard? Absolutely. I think Leonard, Leonard knows his filly as well as any of us here. So 
Um, yeah, he, he's really getting the feel of her. She, you know, she's had her little, her little idiosyncrasies coming through, and um, yeah, he, he, he'll know what, what to do. You know, one, one saving thing is that we've got um, talk, emo- talk like motions drawn awkwardly. I've got a lot of respect for that filly. I thought her trials have been super coming, coming up, leading up to this. Um, so if we can get back onto, onto her helmet, because our filly will follow any helmet. So um, mm. if we can follow a helmet like that, I, I, think, I think she could be really in it. Okay. I've got to ask the question. I asked Ben Crosby the same question. Jewel mm. Melody, she's the clear favourite. She's a triple group one winner. Is she beatable, yeah. though, on the weekend? Well, you, you know, you, you look at the, um, the APG sale race um, a couple of weeks ago, and, and there was two races. There was hers, and then there was the race for second. I don't think you're going to see that Saturday night. I, I think you'll see... I think we're all thinking she is beatable. You know, we, we, we're not, we didn't um, qualify for this race because to, to run second. You know, we want to win it. Yeah. She's going to trial today between races, Jewel Melody. I know you've got a runner engaged today, so you're going to make yeah. sure you watch that trial today. Oh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, no, she's. Uh, oh, Bernie, you've got to have tremendous um, respect for anything that he puts on the track. Um, I think both his fillies are, are, are well, well rated in this race. So, um, yeah, no, no, I'll definitely be watching the trial. Do you think they'll run time in the two-year-old Phillies final, or do you think it won't be as you know strong pace-wise as probably what the Colts and Geldings looks like being? Um, it's yeah, it's going to be a hard one. Uh, I I don't think they have a choice but to run time with her. Um, I, I think she's a sort of a, a free-running filly, um, so I wouldn't ex- wouldn't think um, Bernie is going to be sitting up and 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 waiting for us. Okay. Have you got anything in mind after Saturday night, or is she off to the paddock straight after the race? Um, obviously, my my guts is send her to the paddock. She's only a little filly. She's been up up a while. We didn't tip her out at all between the breeders and the size. So um, yeah, I'd definitely be probably tipping her out. I hope. Um, yeah, obviously that's the owner's call. Right. Speaking of the owner and breeder, Cameron Spencer, yeah. he's been with your stable for a number of years now. This yeah. is a big moment for any owner on Saturday night. Oh, absolutely. Cameron's, Cameron is a, um, you know, he's a stalwart. You know, um, unfortunately, you know, we haven't had the best of luck um, with, uh, well, we had Lord Digby. You know, he, he, he promised a lot um, with a few injuries. He hasn't probably delivered like he should. Um, we had the other the other sister, you know, she was as good as Captain Treacherous' sister. She was as good as anything, but once again had a had a little setback, and she's gone to the um, broodmare band. Um, you know, he's he's got two other mares here as well. So, yeah, going forward, he's certainly invested in in the Queensland um, uh, Q-bred scheme. Mm. He certainly uh, he gives himself every opportunity because he is sourcing the best stallions available. Yeah, yeah, he's not—he's not scared to um, do his research and and have a punt on a um, on a first season sire. You know, um, he, he went to a Hakapana last year on one of the mares, and um, you know the ones we've broken in here, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with. So, yeah, he, he's 
yeah, he he does do his research, and he's and he's not scared to have a punt on a on a freshman side. Okay, the Qbread Night, uh, all Qbread horses competing on Saturday night. Uh, it's getting bigger and bigger, but it's just so important for this state, isn't it? Oh, it is. It is really like for my business. Um, I don't think with it without a Qbread scheme. I wouldn't be breaking. People wouldn't be breeding. I don't think we we would be, you know, dragging horses from southern states and um, so you know we we compete so well on a national level. Our horses. So um, I think the Qbread scheme really um, pr- you know helps promote that. Mm. And just on your business, uh, you do a lot of breaking and education for a lot of these horses here in Queensland. How many do you reckon, if you scan your books, are competing on Saturday night? Oh, um, I, I would, I would think there'd probably be, could be as many as fourteen. I think. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, I, I, not that I've counted. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be really taking a guess, but yeah, it, it, it'd be over ten, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, yeah and sort of can I ask to... some of those names? Like, hold on to your bling. Is that one that you broke in? Yeah, yeah, we we had it early, and then um, Scotty, you know, and that's where it's beautiful working with these guys. You know, Scotty and Shannon Grant. You know, these are people I grew up with, and um, you know, they they work in well with me, um, and they, you know, they listen to what I my opinion, so and they respect it, which is good. Um, and then we've got yeah, so yeah, no, he was he was certainly one of the better ones we broke in last year. Okay, so how many horses each year would you be breaking in, Jason? Oh, we we don't we don't break in too many, maybe maybe twenty, um, but we do hang on to them for for a while. So um, yeah, we take them pretty much right through to just before Christmas, um, and then and then it's up to the trainer just to uh, sort of take out of the few habits that they've picked up here and um, straighten them up. Okay, so in many ways, they're a ready-made product by the time you're finished with them. Oh, yeah, I won't go that far. But, yeah, yeah all the little the little things are certainly the, the, the things that trainers don't want to deal with because, you know, it's, it, it is a time-consuming um, part of the business is, is getting those little idiosyncrasies out of them, like the, um, you know, the, maybe the, they might buck in the gig or shy at a tree and... All those little things, yeah, we, we, that's our job to sort of straighten those things out. So when it gets to the trainer, it's um, they can they can make it make it a business for themselves. Okay, so you got to put up with all the fun stuff by the sound of it yeah. before you, you hand back to the trainer. Now tell yeah, me, is much. there one that's competing that you broke in last year and it's now lining up chasing this Group One one hundred thousand dollar race that you think? I'm surprised it made it because it probably, you know, just showed you um, something that you just didn't think was going to work out. Is there is there one that has surprised you that's qualified? Um, not um, not off the top of my head. I wouldn't. Wonder Woman Jujant, you know, she she's been she's been a, she was a funny one early. So I, if anyone, I think Grant's done a great job with her um, to get get her into the final. And I know how much John. Would appreciate just being in the final, you know. It's, it's, um, but yeah, probably her. You know, she was, she, she is, she's such a, 
she was such a cantankerous little so-and-so, but um, so it certainly Grant's got a ride on the night. Okay, okay. So you deal with a lot of young horses, and you're dealing with all these stallions and a lot of new stallions. I know yep. you're close with a lot of people in North America, and the time, we just seem to be getting faster and faster. We had Bulldog Hanover oh, go 45 yeah. four the other day. Yeah. Where does it stop, Jason? Yeah, it's, 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 it's certainly worrying for me, not, not so much me, but the, certainly the sport in, in Queensland. Um, you know, I, I, I love nothing more than seeing a horse come off the track after a big mile and, um, and just seeing the, the horse, how it's feeling and everything. But, um, you know, our, our rules of racing are quite different to North America. And, um, yeah, I, I, I think we really got to have a look at how we build our tracks. I think the horse needs to come first when we start designing tracks here. Okay. Well, just on that then, we're looking at a new home uh, to replace Albion Park. What size track would you want? What size track would Jason Carkeet want for his main track uh, in Queensland? I think, I think we've got to have the 5.8s. Uh, I, I think the 1,000-metre track suits our racing. Um, and, and it also suits our budget. You know, we, we, um, you know, if we go build a mile track, um, it's got to cost 60% more to maintain because it's 60% bigger. Um, so I think for, for us to keep a, a quality track um, for the horses to be competing on, um, I think the 5.8s is, is the track for, for Queensland racing. Okay. And well, Camden? Yeah, yeah, it's got to be well cambered, um, and and, and uh, you know I, I don't mind. Um, I think we can deal with ten off the front. You know, I, I think seven off the front's um, a little bit crazy. You know, I, I love the the ten off the front, and you you know we see us you know see them race into the into the first turn, or you know even eight off the front, whatever whatever it be. We got to get a white more off the front. Like the old days at Albion Park, where it was ten off the front, no second row. No, no, yeah, no, I, yeah, I'm not a fan of the second row. <laughs> um, sprint lane yeah. or no sprint lane? Sprint lane or no? I think we got to have a sprint lane. Yeah, I think we got to have a sprint lane. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the sprint lane. Never won at the sprint okay. lane, but yeah, I don't mind it. <laughs> Well, hopefully it might come for you on Saturday night. I know that might yeah. be difficult, drawn out in gate seven, but you never know how these races unfold. And that's that's the key to it on Saturday night. Uh, group exactly. one racing, there's no guarantees. No, no, exactly. And and Lenny's Lenny's got a good head on his shoulders, so I'm um yeah, I'm pretty confident just handing him the reins on Saturday night and saying, Do your best because I know he will. Okay, excellent. Hey, Jason, really appreciate the time this morning. Job well done, qualifying Lady Digby and uh, all the work that you've done qualifying uh, these horses to get to these uh, Group 1 features on Saturday night. You did all the hard work, so enjoy it. I do, I do. Thanks, thanks, Chris. See ya. Hey, Jason Carkey joining us this morning, talking about his filly, Lady Digby. Race 7, number 7. It's a poor draw, but... She's a, uh, an improving filly. She just keeps getting better each and every time she steps out. So there's a lot to look forward to there on Saturday night. We need to find a winner for today at Albion Park. We've got 10 races and a racetrack. Ralphie joins us each and every Tuesday, and he's online now. Ralphie, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. Where do we find your best bet today? I think we head to uh, race four and number one, the tax collector. 
Look, he's a really talented two-year-old, and he missed out on the spot in this weekend's uh, Group 1 triad final after he was wiped out at the start of his heat. He takes on the older rivals today, but uh, he has the ace draw, and his connections will be keen to atone on his last start. Um, he did win the Changeover Classic earlier this year, and he's blessed with really good ability. I think he can step up today and take out the race. So we're going race four, number one, the tax collector. Okay. Normally, most people are trying to avoid the tax collector, but we're going in hard on him today. Yeah, line up with him today. Right, oh, race four, number one, the tax collector. Couple of things. We'll look forward firstly, Saturday night, uh, Q Stars race night, 10 races, all Q bred horses competing across the card, four Group 1 features. This is a big night, and I think those four Group 1 finals, they're going to be terrific races. Yeah, I, I, they're certainly shaping up that way. The three year old Colton Geldings is a really interesting race, um, probably because of the draw. I know. Uh, You've got horses in there like Danger Zone and that, but uh, I look, I just wait, waiting for that race. I think it's going to be the, the feature of the four. I think Frankie Ferocious has probably got the two-year-old sewn up, the same as uh, Bernie Hewitt's horse in the other two-year-old for the Phillies. But uh, interesting to note, the last race on the program is the Open Class. We have Colt 31 on there, and I have it all, well, not a good authority, but a very strong rumour that that could be his last start. Is that right? Yeah. The Swan yeah. Song. Speaking, uh, speaking there last weekend, and uh, they were looking forward to going out on a high. Probably would have been better last weekend, giving Granny's uh, 5,000th winner, but they are looking for that Q-bred uh, race, and uh, it could be his last start. Okay, well, we'll watch with interest there. Speaking of uh, Grant Dixon, the man that puts the polish on Colt 31, uh, last Saturday night with Colt 31, they combined. Win 50 for Colt 31, win number 5,000. I'll repeat that, win number 5,000 for Grant Dixon as a driver. That was that was a really special moment there, to, to bring up the feet on a Saturday night with a horse that probably is his all-time favourite in Colt 31. Special times. Yeah, yeah, it really was. Um was just unfortunate that uh, Trista and his boys weren't weren't there to celebrate. They had a something come up just before the race meeting, and they had to pull out to go. But I, to, I, I'm pretty sure I don't want to steal anyone's thunder. But on uh, Saturday night, yeah, there's going to be a presentation there, and it's going to be a everyone will be there and cheering him on. Yeah, absolutely, job well done. That's a huge milestone. Joining Chris Alford, the late great Gavin Lang and Chris Lewis, the champion from the West, as drivers that have driven in excess of 5,000 winners. So it's a very elite club. So congratulations to Grant Dixon. Ralphie, really appreciate the time this morning. We'll see you at trackside. Okay, thanks, Chris.